0: What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, Locked on Dolphins. Today on the show, we are exploring some early free agent candidates that might make sense for the Miami Dolphins along the offensive line in 2023. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins. Your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Wednesday, February 8th, 2022. Or 23. Jeez, we're into February, Kyle. Come on now. I can't be having those. And welcome to Locked On Dolphins. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with me, i Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, uh, the co-founder of the DraftNetwork.com, and your host here today on the show. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen. Of the day, today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Nissan. The only thing more exciting than the big game is the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. There's only a few days left until the Super Bowl. Are you ready? The Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Today on the show, yesterday we looked at skill players uh, that are scheduled to be free agents for the Miami Dolphins. This list will change. It's important to know that. Players will re-sign with their original teams, and this field will whittle, whittle away. But Right now, it's fun because every possible free agent candidate is in the pool for us to talk about and look at and hypo- hypothesize about potentially being fits for the Miami Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins aren't going to have the biggest budget in the NFL this upcoming offseason but they're going to have enough to get anything done that the team wants to do. I think that's an important distinguishment. There's nothing, nothing prohibitive to the Dolphins as things currently stand for the 2023 offseason. They'll find money. They'll probably be aggressive. I'd imagine they'll make at least one splash signing. We went over wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs yesterday on the show. Today is uh, it's all about the big ugly, so raise your glass. I'm actually recording on Tuesday or Tuesday night. It's right around dinner time. So I'm going to have a beverage. I'm going to raise my glass here to the big uglies. We're going to pay homage to them here by talking about candidates that may or may not may not make sense for the Dolphins um, starting next month when the league calendar year opens and free agency kicks off. So, with that in mind, start with offensive tackle. Teron Armstead, uh, penciled in, penned in, sharpied in, left tackle. Austin Jackson, a likely... Lock for the roster, just based off his financial situation as a former first-round pick. In a perfect world is your swing tackle. Uh, the Dolphins are currently scheduled to bid farewell to Brandon Shell. I'd love to see him back. I don't know that the team will. But there's a number of intriguing candidates for the Dolphins that I do think would make stylistic sense. I'm going to look at two separate discussions with offensive tackles. You have the swing tackle. And then you have a starting right tackle. And you need to find a player potentially at both. Now, I think Austin Jackson is probably going to fulfill one of the two roles. Ideally, he's your swing. And you don't have to rely on him to be a starter. But want to take the walk. And we're not going to distinguish right now between left tackle and right tackle. We're simply going to identify players who may make sense for the Dolphins based off talent, traits, and stylistic fit in the Dolphins' scheme. going to flag some names as we... Take our first list, uh, first first look down the list, and it starts with Caleb McGarry, former first-round pick of the Atlanta Falcons, right tackle. He played 100% of the snaps this past year, 28 years old. I think he's a nice fit. Andrew Wiley, the right tackle, uh, starting right tackle for the Chiefs. Chiefs have both tackles that are expiring contracts. I think Wiley is a much better fit for Miami than what Orlando Brown Jr. is. Jawan Taylor's an interesting name, 26 years old, still young. A physically gifted player. It's really a matter of, for Jawan Taylor, putting more polish on his game. But he's big, he's long, he's physical, he can move in zone systems. It's a name to earmark. Mike McGlinchey, former top 10 pick, 28 years old. starter, Established starter for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, he's kind of tailed off the last couple of years. Uh, but he has had he has been a successful player for the 49ers in that system. I'll flag Dennis Kelly as a swing option, uh, more of a utility offensive lineman at this point. That's ideally perhaps your backup player for a Toronto Armstead than somebody that you would sign to be a starter. We're going to talk about some of these names more in depth here as we work our way through. Trey Pipkins I think is an interesting name. I would expect the Chargers to bring him back. Uh, Pipkins played 75% of the snaps for the Chargers. Um, They had Rayshon Slater at left tackle originally. Uh, Pipkins a right tackle. Then they had a sixth round pick that stepped in. Um, He's been a nice player who came through the draft process as a, as a developmental player, but has the movement skills uh, in my mind to really move the, the, move the needle. That's probably the list of names that I would, prioritize for the Dolphins at offensive tackle. And I think the most obvious name here of all of the ones that you could connect to the Dolphins is probably Mike McGlinchey for obvious reasons. McGlinchey has familiarity with Mike McDaniel. He plays right tackle naturally. I do think he's an upgrade over what the Dolphins had at that position uh, in all phases. This past year, whether that was Brandon Shell or Austin Jackson, the question for Mike McGlinchey is where he's going to find himself valued moving forward. If Mike McGlinchey is going to get starting tackle money, which he will, the question is what, what stratosphere of starting tackle money he's going to get This is a player who could run you, on average, probably $12 to $15 million per season. Is that enough of an upgrade to justify the spending to that degree, even knowing that you can manipulate the salary cap and get a smaller number on the front end of the deal? I don't know. I would be inclined to say no. I do get it. If you're looking for players who can jump into this system right away and not have a developmental curve, Sure. It makes sense, but you better darn well be sure that McGlinchey uh, is going to string together positive play for you because that's not the size of contract that you can get ups and downs and highs and lows in erratic play, in my mind. We're going to talk a little bit more about all of these tackles, but not before I take a moment to tell you how you can put your own GM hat on with Ultimate Pro Football GM the game for me talk about this mobile app, and I cannot tell you how much fun I have had competing against our other Locked On NFL hosts. Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers was our Locked On NFL champion, uh, which I think is nonsense. Uh, his score was like 3x the next highest score, so I don't know if he paid for the microtransactions or what, but you don't have to pay for the microtransactions to have a fun time. I can tell you that. Uh, it's your turn to compete with us, though. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise, your dream can come true, and this game is definitely for you. You'll manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through seasons, and lead your team to glory by trying to build a dynasty. You do this by playing Ultimate Football GM and being responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, and all of the ups and downs of a season. All of this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline play on the go. As you want, and when you want to, we've created Locked On League for you to compete against locked on fans all over the world. Can you be the ultimate locked on football GM? Choose Locked On League in the app to join and create your own football dynasty. Locked On Dolphins listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps. Make sure to check it out today to download the game. Visit ultimate-gm.com or look at them in the app stores. That is ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM start your dynasty today. As we continue here on the show, we're going to talk about some of these other offensive tackles. Exhausted the discussion around Mike McGlinchey. George Fant is an interesting name, but you know, the Jets paid him like 10 million per $10 million per. That's a big dollar amount, if I'm being honest. For a guy who's an adequate level starter. Now, he's good for the Jets when he's on the field. When he missed over 50% of the snaps this year, he's 31 years old. Might not be for me. Jesse Davis is out there. Let's talk about Kayla McGarry. If you were going to sign a starting right tackle in free agency, I think for my money, McGarry is the best option. He plays in an Atlanta system with Arthur Smith that wants to run the football. He's super athletic. He's long. This was the year that that he needed, in my mind, to kind of put together a complete resume. Caleb McGarry first came into the league, and he was super erratic, not dissimilar to Austin Jackson, a developmental-type player. Well, this past year, things kind of clicked into place for him and in for Austin Jackson, but he also missed like 15 games uh, with the ankle injury. So Caleb McGarry, in my eyes, is a really attractive option for just how athletic he is, how good he is in the run game. He's a little younger than Mike McGlinchey. I think he'll probably be in the same price range as Mike McGlinchey, if not a little cheaper than Mike McGlinchey. All of those things for me combined to say, hey, McGarry next to Robert Hunt, would be a one-two combo on the right side of the line that I could really get behind, that I would really be excited about. It's not to guarantee that it's a foolproof signing, uh, but for all of the risk that you incur with Mike McGlinchey, I think you're also incurring with Caleb McGarry for a cheaper player who's just a touch younger uh, and, in my mind, a, a touch more athletic and fluid as well. Andrew Wiley with the Chiefs. Uh, he doesn't have the same pedigree as those other guys that we've talked about, but this is a starting player for the Chiefs who is has been a pretty consistent player since Mitchell Schwartz um, left the team. Uh, Wiley played 88% of the snaps in 2020, 44% of the snaps in 2021 in 13 games, and played in 95% of the snaps in 2022. He's played at least 60% of the snaps going all the way back to 2018. So this has been a consistent player. Since making it to the Chiefs, he was on the practice squad for the Colts, Browns, and Chargers in 2020 or 2017. Chiefs practice squad in 2017, re-signed to the team, ends up taking playing time, and now has put himself in a position where he's a long-term tenured starter for the Kansas City Chiefs. Good on you. I mean, th- that's exactly what the uh, the NFL dream is all about, if we're being honest. Uh, practice squad player, develops, bounces around a couple teams, gets an opportunity, gets good coaching. I think that's a testament to good coaching in the NFL and the power that it can have for players. Wiley's in a good spot. And he's set to cash in for the first time in his NFL career. He's getting his starter money. And he's 29 years old. So I think that that, again... If you're signing a two- or three-year deal, the question is, is Wiley going to get a better market than that? And with some of the other players that are available on the right tackle market, I could see him maybe not having a top-of-market command in which would open the door for him to be a player who Miami would feasibly be able to land. So there's, there's options at right tackle. There's no shortage of candidates that I think would make sense. Now, Dennis Kelly is a swing tackle. Jermaine she- or Brandon Shell, excuse me, as a swing tackle. Bring these guys back. It's good depth. I'm inclined to think that the Dolphins are probably just going to defer to Austin Jackson as our backup tackle at worst. We're going to give him a chance to compete. We'll sign somebody. See where it goes. Or maybe that includes him competing at left guard which is where our other vacancy on the offensive line is. So I think that's where things get interesting for the Dolphins as exploring the guard positions and identifying some names that I, I think are still playing to a certain standard as quality starters. Names who used to be uh, quality starters, who are no longer quality starters. Reasonable candidates to plug into this offensive line versus candidates that uh, maybe we should look the other way on willfully ignore starting with Roger Saffold 35 years old 98% of snaps starting left guard for the bills Asked Joe Marino about Roger Saffold and he chuckled now Roger Saffold was a pro bowl player if you're not watching the YouTube channel I used air quotes there as he was not particularly good this season and the bills need an upgrade at that spot and if he's not good enough to start on the bills in my mind, you shouldn't want to meet her. So you can go ahead and everybody will see oh, Roger Sapple made the Pro Bowl last year. Maybe they'll all fit to sign him. Hard pass. Isaac Siamala is a different story, though. Siamala, the left guard for the Philadelphia Eagles, or the, excuse me, the right guard for the Philadelphia Eagles. You had Landon Dickerson at guard for them. You have Jason Kelsey at center. You have Lane Johnson, Jordan Maitala. Like they, they have war daddies up front in all phases. Sayamalu has quietly become a, a quality starter for Philadelphia. He's 30 years old. He played 96% of the snaps. He's on an expiring contract. That would be a player my years would absolutely perk up for. I would argue I would rather pay Sayamalu closer to top of market guard money than pay any of the tackles that we talked about top of tackle money. Because financially speaking, that puts you in in in, in my eyes, a better position. That and, and that that's the subjectivity of team building in general. We're gonna talk more about some of these other candidates, but not before we talk about our friends over at Prize Picks, where daily fantasy is done right. Pick two to six players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25x your money on your entry. There's no competing against other people, it's just you versus the projections available in house. Prize Picks offers projections on just about any sport that you watch, and entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. With so Safe Fast Withdrawals, it is currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. So download the Prize Picks app. Or go to PricePix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKED ON. You so put in $100, Prizepicks will give you another $100. Put in $50, dollars that will give you another $50. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKED ON at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know all about the affinity that exists for Built Bar. Built Bar is protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. These things are high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars. They're chef's kiss. They're delicious. They're the life hack you didn't know you need. So here's the deal. Go to Walmart. Go to the pharmacy section. Buy a four-bar box. Go to Sam's Club. Get a 13-bar box. My personal favorite flavor is churro. Cookies and cream is banging. Double chocolate's good. Coconut puffs. Peanut butter brownie. Chocolate almond. You name it. I got something for everybody. So go get yourself a box of built Bars and thank me later. So let's talk about some of the other guards. We're, we're going to omit the centers, right? Because the centers get into a whole other discussion of guard converts and if the Dolphins want to do that. and They just did something like that with, with Connor Williams, moving him from guard to tackle. So, like, I get it. I get it. But if I talk exclusively about centers... Here's the names. Connor McGovern, Jets, 30 years old. Austin Blythe, Seahawks, 30 years old. Nick Gates, Giants, replacement level player. Garrett Bradbury, replacement level player, not big enough. Bradley Bozeman, okay, maybe 30 years old. Tyler Larson, been there, done that. Ethan Posich, eh, okay. Scott Questenberry, starts for the Texans. Starts for the Texans for a reason. Will Clapp, Chargers. They paid big-time money to go get another starting center last offseason for a reason. Corey Levin, Titans, hard pass. Jake Brendel, 49ers, been there, done that. Matt Skura, Rams, no thank you. Billy Price, Michael Dieter. You get the point. It's not a good year to need a center in free agency. So we're going to talk about guards and only guards. We talked about Siamalu being an attractive option. I would flag Daniel Brunskill as another attractive option, another player from the 49ers offensive line that has familiarity with the system. He played about 50% of the snaps this past year. His dollar amount was about two and a half million dollars. That's got some alarm bells that are going off as a player who I think could make a lot of sense for the dolphins when it's all said and done. Um, Flagging some additional names. Dalton Reisner, Risner, Denver Broncos. A little bit more of a power player. A little bit more like a Robert Hunt as far as his physicality and how he he throws his weight around. But he's a really likable player. He's not a super sexy player, but man, would you go big on big having Robert Hunt and Dalton Risner on the inside? I would love that addition. If you told me you signed Caleb McGeering and Dalton Risner as starters on your offensive line... I'd be over the moon. But of course, there's a dollar amount that's associated with that, and I can't guarantee the Dolphins are going to have the financial flexibility with needing to address linebacker and safety and corner, running back, tight end, to be able to pull all that off. It's going to be where do we choose to get plug-and-play starters that are going to make the biggest impact and move the needle most for our team. My number one saying is, or one of my favorite sayings from a team-building perspective is don't pay for depth. You get young talent, you get rookies, try to assess, invest your dollars in established players, in difference-making, needle-moving players. You know, once your seventh offensive lineman ought to be a big money player. Now, unfortunately, that's where the that offense is going to be because your sixth and seventh offensive lineman in a situation in which you sign two new offensive linemen to start is a first-round pick and a top-50 pick. But they're still in rookie contracts, so it's not crazy money. But I'm thinking about contracts like Seaton Carter and Clayton Fejdalum and can cross in as, as players who are getting three, three and a half, four million $4 million a piece to be backups and special teams. players. It's a hard pill to swallow. It's a hard pill to swallow. So that's just an ideology that I personally have. Uh, there's no right and wrong way to do it as case in point by what we did last week, looking at how the chiefs and, and Eagles contracts uh, and, and rosters are constructed. But I digress back on track. Boughton Risner named a flag. For the Dolphins would be a left guard. He's a natural left guard. I would be willing to entertain Max Sharping in a backup type role. Uh, Sharping was a second round pick for the Texans a couple years ago. He's 27 years old. He's on the Bengals now. Played about 3% of the snaps. I did not say that wrong. 3%. So pretty limited as far as his impact for the team. Nate Davis is a name that's interesting to me. Nate Davis, uh, University of Charlotte, played with the Tennessee Titans, 65% of the snaps, 27 years old. His current contract was about a $1 million per season. That's a player, in my eyes, who run blocks really well, doesn't have the size or stature to play outside of tackle, but could very well be an a interior starter for an NFL team, and I think you, you could do a lot worse than that. I would shout out Ben Powers uh, from the Baltimore Ravens. He played 100% of the snaps, 27 years old. But he's, he's a little bit more on the gap concept. Now, that's not to say the Dolphins couldn't use him. And he'd be an upgrade over whoever you have at left tackle. Or left guard, excuse me. I just don't know that the scheme fit is great unless the Dolphins commit more to running downhill in 2023. And that's up to them to decide. But he is an unrestricted free agent. He's an attractive player uh, to potentially go out and target. The last name I will mention is David Edwards, left guard, LA Rams, played about 25% of snaps, 26 years old from the University of Wisconsin. That's a player who I think has some developmental upside. I just he's not a top option to be a starter for your team, if we're being honest. So if I had to probably pick, if I had to go ideal fits for the Dolphins and not taking into consideration uh, financials, it'd be Caleb McGarry at right guard and Isaac Siamalu at left uh, left. <clears throat> it'd be Caleb McGarry at right tackle and Isaac Siamalu at left guard. That's a si- significant amount of money and a significant chunk of where the Dolphins' free agent dollars sit. So where does that leave running back? Where does that leave tight end? Where does that leave your third safety? Where does that leave your outside corner? You draft a guy and then move on from Aaron Jones, post you want. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But we're going to continue to work through this. We're going to look at the front seven tomorrow on the show, free agents to be. And then on Friday, we're going to look at the secondary and try to continue to identify players for the Dolphins who make sense in free agency. So keep it locked in. Right here on Locked on Dolphins, I'm Kyle Krabs. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Fins up. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Hope to talk to y'all again tomorrow.